0: Are you taking the TOEFL or IELTS exam and your reading score is not very good or you're not really sure how to be successful on it? Well, today's episode, I'm going to go over one of the most difficult sections and give you some tips. You're listening to Living in English 365 by Paradigm English. Welcome to episode 66, how to pass TOEFL and IELTS reading, answering inference questions, Paradigm English. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Ashley Roan from ParadigmEnglish.com, where I am an English coach. Today, um, I want to thank Celine, who is a former student of mine. Celine's from Mexico, and she asked how can she be more successful on uh, the TOEFL exam in particular, but this skill that I am going to help you improve today, actually you use it all the time. Perhaps you use it in your first language, but you will also need to use it on the IELTS. So there you go. <laughs> you need this skill no matter which exam you're going to take. And that skill is inference questions. Before we start, I want you to go ahead, like, subscribe, and share this episode because I promise somebody else also needs this information. Don't be selfish and stingy. Help somebody else. Thank you, and from that person, thank you. All right, I wanna go directly into it. So what is going to happen in this episode is that I'm going to talk to you about what inference is and help you look at some um, instances where you need to use it, um, practice it a little bit, and I'll have some links below where you can practice it a little bit more. They're not from me, I didn't create these, um and some of them might be for younger kids but whatever if you've never done this skill before it can be difficult i want to repeat this this skill takes practice it's a skill it's not something that you will be able to be perfect at the first time that's not going to happen you need to be okay with that first of all now what is an inference question an inference question is basically reading between the lines. So in reading, you're understanding and you're drawing conclusions about what hasn't been directly or obviously written by the author. Um, That's basically what it is. So you are reading between the lines and it's difficult. It's difficult for native speakers. It's difficult for people very proficient in this language. Don't feel bad, don't feel bad. Everybody has difficulties with this and everybody has to learn it. Um, If they want to go and be in any schools in North America, well, in universities in general, not just in North America. How to answer an inference question? Look for clues, context clues, within the reading passage. There are always clues. Okay, Ashley, how do I know what I'm looking for? All right, good question. You need to read the question first, if you can. If not, you will use any and all information that you already have. So your background knowledge and your past experiences. So uh, we'll look at an example in a little bit about that, but I want to go over everything first. So you also need to look for supporting details if the conclusion that you drew isn't supported by any supporting details, then that is probably not the correct answer. You need to drop that one. You also have to read more into the question, which means make a guess, an educated guess, not just any guess. This means you have to infer, right? That's what we mean by infer. You need to ask yourself questions like, who, what, when, where, how, why question. A couple of things about the reading section in general. These reading sections are college, university level reading. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily super difficult or that you have to learn all of these different subjects. That's not what this means. College readers, people that are at the college or collegiate level at a university, they can read between 285 to maybe 350 words per minute. Not everybody does, but 300 is a very good minimum. That means if you are taking one minute to read 100 words, I'm sorry, you're reading too slow. You have to improve that. You can do that by timing yourself with a stopwatch. So just put one minute, get a sample reading, just probably look at a paragraph or two, and you'll read it. They're not going to give you a whole section at a time usually, although they can always change things. But they, um, they're um, they going to give you a passage from this that you have to read and infer because they're asking you something specific about that section. So don't get stressed or anxious or overwhelmed with the amount of reading that you might see. Start reading now all the time so that you won't feel overwhelmed um, and stressed and anxious whenever you have the reading passage in front of you just be prepared now focus on academic vocabulary yeah these sections often have vocabulary and it's not really anything to do with inference but in academic vocabulary and academic writing as I've said before we use Latinate words not dramatic words you're not going to see phrasal words this isn't the time for you to be practicing your slang okay Slang you're not going to find on this reading section, especially about inference. Expose yourself to these, learn them, practice these types of words and know their meanings to help you infer if you're not quite sure what somebody is saying um, or what the author is trying to say. You can't just be able to identify or pronounce that word. That's not enough. Another really big thing to keep in mind is the type, Of reading passages that have inferences right if you don't know your genres you need to learn your genres it will be so helpful to you and help you know what to expect when you're reading and this is something that I learned and this is how we teach people in school like kindergarten to 12th grade that's how we teach them actually not even 12th grade because they already know this before high school this is how we teach them we teach them in genres Fiction, for example, you're going to have inferences because the author doesn't want to just say everything directly. They want you to be able to connect the dots without them saying it explicitly. So can nonfiction? Yeah, sure, nonfiction can, but it's not exactly the same. As I said before, these um, sections are usually taking little small paragraphs, not small, but paragraphs at a time. Sometimes they give you the first paragraph so you know what was already previously said. So what was said before? Sometimes they don't. So in that sense, yes, it can feel like they have inferred something that wasn't said directly because you don't have that paragraph that came before it or after it. In that sense, yes, nonfiction can. Also, before we go on, I wanted to say... You have been listening to this podcast with me, your host, Ashley from Paradigm English. Ready to support? Click the coffee button below to support me now. All right, so let's look at some examples. First, uh, here's an example. The author tells you there's a baby with tears running down its face. What can you infer about The baby. Well, you infer that the baby is crying, right? Because we said, what? Tears running down the face. So the baby's crying. Okay, now you ask yourself, why is the baby crying? Why is the baby crying? You could say the baby is crying because it's hungry or sleepy. You could also say that the baby is crying because it needs a diaper change or has gas. It's gassy. Or the baby wants attention. These are all good inferences based on what the author said. But how did you come to that conclusion? Did you just invent it? Did you just make it up? No, you didn't. This information isn't said directly, so it was not written by the author. But because you have seen a baby before, you have seen a baby crying before, and you know that these are usually reasons babies cry. It wants attention. It's hungry. It's sleepy. It has gas. It wants a diaper change. Those are good inferences. Here are some bad inferences, which means an illogical conclusion. The baby was stung by a bee. Where? Where was the bee? The author said nothing about the bee. Is it possible? Yes, but it is probably not the most likely reason. How many babies are stung by a bee? As another illogical or bad inference, someone hit the baby. Mm, There's nobody else mentioned in that sentence. Or someone could say, oh, the baby was hit with a toy. Again, there's nobody else mentioned in that section so yes it's possible but is it the most likely probably not or the baby is throwing up and vomiting hmm okay but the baby's crying right so babies when they cry it's not just tears like older adults or older children do usually there's lots of screaming there's lots of noise so how are you throwing up and screaming crying yelling at the same time That would be very bad. It's almost impossible for a child to be able to, not even a child, a little infant to be able to do that. Okay, that's just um, some examples. I hope that made some sense to you, but here's a checklist I found from Lumen Learning, and you can just use it to help you decide if you you have come to a good conclusion or a bad conclusion. Is it based on words and sentences in the text? Is it based more on the author's words than on your point of view? Does it avoid contradicting other statements made in the text? Does it align with the author's attitude or tone about the topic? Could this be a thesis or a topic sentence? These are some good things. Of course, you don't always have to use all of these Whenever you begin practicing and you practice more and you become very, very skilled at this, it will be easy. You'll just go through all of these things in your mind fast. But this is a good place to start for those of you who haven't done this much and who need more practice. All right, here is a practice sentence. My question is, what can we infer about this man? What do we infer about him? Here's the sentence. He placed his hand firmly on her back and ushered her hurriedly out the door. Yes, yes, yes. I will call you soon to set up another meeting. I will, George said, punctuating the end of his sentence with a firmly shut door. Here is a quick announcement. Don't forget. Click the ko button below to support me and this podcast. Thanks for supporting the Living in English 365 podcast. If you need to listen to that sentence again, go ahead and uh, hit rewind. If not, go ahead and uh, tell me what did you infer about the man and his feelings from this uh, these sentences here. Put your answer for episode 66 at livinginenglish365.com. Hey, listen, that's all that I have for you today. I hope this was helpful. If you have a question about this or if you have uh, something else that you would like me to make an episode about, go ahead and leave it in the comments for this episode and I will try my best to help you. I'm Ashley Roan from ParadigmEnglish.com and the Living in English 365 podcast. See you next time. Bye for now. You like listening to this podcast because you like Ashley, me and I'm helping you improve your English, right? You can say thank you and support me and this podcast by giving back a little to help improve this podcast. Click the Ko-fi button below. Hey, thanks for listening to the Living in English 365 65 podcast. Be sure to check the description below for all resources and links. And don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and share this with your friends. Paradigm English.